so from Ross underscore originals, we've got Hello, Mr. Crisp. Hello, <laughs> Mr. Crisp. <laughs> yeah. Hello, Mr. Crisp. Um, yeah. Well, that's, that's kind of like, uh, what was it? Good night, Mr. Tom. Yeah. <laughs> you, you know, earlier when I said, like, all the titles we've been given this week have been so nice and, and really good, <laughs> I was writing this title down when I said it. So I was like, oh. Ah. <laughs> so, this has got to be, like, the British Golden Age of Cinema. Because, yes. like. Mr. Crisp isn't really anything in America, but here, he's a, yeah. he's a delightful salty snack. Exactly. Yeah. Here, he's a delightful not salty snack. In America, I think he's the bottom of a fridge. Crispy <laughs> fridge. Like, it's like a salad, like a salad crisp, they call them, right? Like, mm. they... <laughs> They like here. He's he's a he's a mascot for a refrigerator company or something. <laughs> uh, but whereas whereas in uh, yeah in the UK he is a delicious salty snack who goes about the town. Uh, well, he, okay. So here's the thing. Maybe that's something we can play on with this movie. Maybe we've got uh, we we are you know a Hollywood big Hollywood movie company who is doing the Mary Poppins thing of like not understanding what London is <laughs> and um, and sort of you know you you, you got like a, da- a tap dancing uh, potato chip in in a top hat and and little tap dancing shoes with a cane mm. and uh, he's he's changing lives and and uh, uh, such as it is. Um, and uh, yeah, because like you've got stuff like Charlie and the Chocolate Factory, right? Which you know perhaps aren't in the Golden Age of Cinema. I can't remember exactly yes, when that came yeah, out. Yeah, I would say it was Golden Age of Cinema. Um, um, weirdly shot in Germany with American actors, <laughs> and based on a novel by a British writer. So who knows where that film is set? <laughs> Set in a child's dream. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I do um, quite like the idea of it being like a like a Charlie and the Chocolate Factory thing, but yeah, it, the crisp factory. I was going to say the same thing. This is Charlie and the Chocolate Factory, but for savoury snacks. <laughs> <laughs> so riding high on the success of Charlie and the Chocolate Factory, we've decided that this is we're going to do more of the same, but for different food products. Yes. So now, like, so now, uh, you know, we've got one in the works for the meat and dairy lobby. Yeah. But right now, this is, we're this releasing is the one. <laughs> the pub snacks, Charlie and the Chocolate Factory. So instead of children, it's all like... Middle-aged bald men uh, <laughs> yes. who are who who get who who find a golden pork scratching. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> oh, and, and someone someone at the pub's just broken their tooth open on this golden pork scratching. You break your tooth on a regular pork scratching. I got a golden scratching. I got a golden. Ah! Ah! So so Dick Van Dyke is is hanging out at the uh, in his in his pub. Um, and he's like, is, is he local? Is he a patron? Do you Sh- think, or is he behind the bar? Surely, Dick Van Dyke is the is the Mister Crisp. Yeah, Dick Van Dyke is Mister Crisp. Okay, all right, sure. Like, yeah, surely, yeah, yeah, yeah. surely he's he's the uh, he's the Willy Wonka of the uh, of the well, perhaps, perhaps. But here's my here's my thing. Right in um, Dick Van Dyke plays lovable down to earth characters. Hmm. Right. Yeah. Um, so, like, he in um, uh, what's it? Chitty Chitty Bang Bang. 
he mm-hmm. is um, he is like a an in, a, a, an inventor, right? And he's like the dad that is absent and absent-minded, but like you know, he's got a car, so that's fine. Um, <laughs> he's got he's, a car, uh, and he's Robin tells Williams good stories. from Flubber. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Um, except in Dick Van Dyke's case, he's already got children. So, um, you know, his, his negligence is even worse. Um, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's not just him not turning up for a, for a, for a wedding. It's <laughs> him not, not raising his children. <laughs> so I, I have, like, on the subject of Dick Van Dyke, are we going to... Are we gonna use actors from the golden age, or do we? Do, is it regular life to pitch rules that we can use anybody from any time? Because otherwise, these films are gonna be cast with eighty members of the same Dick Van Dyke cloning. Pit. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and <laughs> unless you, unless you receive an email in the Life's a Pitch guest newsletter that says that the Life's a Pitch time machine has broken down, you can assume that you, was, we can receive anyone from any time. Just making sure, because this is this is about a time period. So the rule, rules might have changed. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no. It's it, they, listen, listen. Time moves strangely in Laudron, so um, <laughs> yeah, it's uh, it's, uh, it's 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 where the Life's a Pitch Studios is based. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> in the dark, well, yeah, Life's a Pitch is officially in the Dark Souls canon. I don't know if you knew that. Uh, <laughs> It's uh, it's a it's a ceaseless discharge of movie pictures. Oh. <laughs> uh, yes, Dark so Souls yes, we can joke choose it. there for everyone. Yeah, a fun Anyone little Dark Souls, Dark Souls joke. Souls. Yeah, but yeah, let's let's bring anyone from any time. Yes, let's mm. do it. Who, especially people though that we think would fit in well with this time period. Yes. Mm. Um. See, when we're talking like this is the, the, the pub snack Charlie and the Chocolate Factory, all <laughs> I can think of is like Ross Kemp and <laughs> the guy that played Phil Mitchell. <laughs> so the guy who played Grant Danny Mitchell. Danny Dyer. <laughs> Danny Dyer. Ross Kemp and Danny Dyer. Yes. Are... Danny Dyer is our Charlie Bucket. <laughs> <laughs> yes. I love this. But so, so we've got we've we've got Ross Kemp, who is uh, like we've got to, we've got to fill the tropes of just spoiled brat middle-aged men, right? Like, so yeah. <laughs> yeah, men men who have somehow made it to um, made it to middle age, despite knowing not knowing how to cook for themselves. <laughs> yeah. So, they, all, so they Ro- just go down a pub, down the pub. Ross Kemp <laughs> is the is the midlife crisis owns a owns a Harley, mm-hmm. middle aged man. That that's okay. that's a middle aged man stereotype, right? We, sure, uh, sure. Um, we've got to have somebody that's really into cricket. That whole per- so like the you know how like Mike TV is just about TV. This guy just about cricket. <laughs> uh, <laughs> St- Steve McFadden. Steve yes. McFadden knows everything. He's the guy who who played Phil Mitchell in EastEnders. Yeah. Um, uh, he knows everything about cricket, despite he- having never stepped on a cricket played. pitch. Yeah. Can't even hold a bat properly. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, Bradley Walsh. And Bradley yeah. Walsh, of course, rounding out the trio. Yeah. 
I for- oh, I forgot. He- I forgot. I-, I just I just think of him as the chase in Doctor Who now. I forget he was ever in a soap. Yeah, you forget, you forget he was an actor, even though he was in Doctor Who. He's in Doctor Who. Yeah, exactly. But yeah. you forget he's an actor because when I watch Doctor Who, it's just that's Bradley Walsh. It's just Bradley Walsh it's, being Bradley it's Walsh. Ga- it's game show host Bradley Walsh <laughs> running around with the Doctor. Yeah, yeah, in Sheffield. Exactly. Yeah. It's Sunny Cockney Sheffield, game yeah. show host Bradley Walsh wandering the streets of Sheffield with an alien. <laughs> yeah, it's it's just it would have been kind better of... if they pitched it like that. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I think we did. <laughs> we pitched we yeah. pitched the, the first episode of the of the news before it aired, and we were just like, yeah, it's just Bradley Walsh. It's just Bradley Walsh. <laughs> but anyway, we're, we're getting off topic. Yeah. So this is, Danny, Danny Dyer's broken his tooth on this golden port scratching because it's it's the last it's it's essentially like uh, Charlie and the Chocolate Factory. It's the last one that no one knew about, and, exactly. uh, and the whole pub's up in up in arms like wait. He's like, well, I, 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 I tell you what, not quite right. This pub's about to go under, right? Let's say, mm. and they're about to. It's like who's who's behind who's behind the bar? Is it is it um oh what's her name uh, Barbara Windsor? You know, yeah. from also EastEnders. It was either is... going to be Barbara Windsor or Shane Ritchie. Yes. <laughs> yeah. So Bar- Barbara Windsor's behind. She's like, "Oh well, it's the last day we're going to be. It's the last night we're going to be open because otherwise we we uh we can't afford to stay open because uh, a, a tyrannical uh, uh, prime minister is keeping us from." <laughs> Keeping our, our clientele from working down the mines, and um... <laughs> ah. what year is this set? <laughs> it's nineteen seventy-three. In all of the years, <laughs> <laughs> and um, <laughs> and uh, yeah, like <laughs> so. She, she's you know they're, they're all they're all drinking, and then someone you know bites into this gold puck scratching, and the pub. Because you get it's a substantial monetary win, right? Mm. They everyone gets up in arms and they're gonna fight. They're, they're, there's a bar brawl in which, <laughs> like, um, what's his name? Uh, uh, Steve McFadden is like up and he's and he's like dancing. He's doing a tap dance <laughs> along the along the bar, avoiding all these people and like uh, doing a. He, he walks backwards and there's like uh, we'll we'll say. Um, there's Shane Rich. Why not? Um, <laughs> he's right, he's right. rolling a barrel. He's rolling out the barrel, right? Um, uh, as per the Cockney song, he's rolling out a barrel in the pub, and then Shane uh, Shane McFadden sort of like is it Shane McFadden, Steve McFadden. God, Steve McFadden. Yeah, wasn't Steve McFadden, McFadden from Westlife? <laughs> he was. Well, Shane McFadden is also there. Just he could confused. be there as well. Why not? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Steve All McFadden of sort there. of like. Tap dances <laughs> off the side of the bar, right, on, and drops onto the top of this b- barrel that, that Shane Ritchie is rolling out and starts doing that whole barrel rolling, like that log rolling thing where he's standing on it and rolling it, it along uh, whilst holding this golden uh, this golden um, book scratching up. Mm. Uh, and there's, there's a whole song which is like, we've got a golden... Scratching. <laughs> golden folk scratching, yeah. Yeah. All the well, songs are the exact same. They're just like parodies of the Charlie and Chocolate Factory songs. Yeah, well, <laughs> this is the thing. Dick Van Dyke has has a load of 
Gary Lineker's working at the factory. <laughs> <laughs> and I, I apologise to our American listeners who, this who is, probably have no fucking clue what we're talking about. It's utter nonsense to them. <laughs> they've, just, they've already switched off unless they have Google open in front of them. <laughs> this is, Rapid this fire is, Googling everything we've said. Is, I, I, I don't want to listen to this podcast anymore. It's just all the British nonsense. Just, <laughs> I mean, they're I not wrong. I can tell everyone's talking with an overbite. It's it's just it's just not good. <laughs> I can hear the teeth. <laughs> it's like listening to the big book of British smiles. It's it's the worst. <laughs> but yeah, so so they get to the factory and there's uh, Linica, Linica, Dupati, too. <laughs> Put the ball in the net. That's what I do. <laughs> yeah, he's dressed in a football. Uh, uniform because he used to be a footballer. To, to remind he's... everyone that at one point he did play football. Yeah, yeah. And, and didn't just advertise crisps. <laughs> um, That's all we know him for, for is um, to, to, for our American listeners. Um, so... That's all anyone remembers about Gary Lineker is that he he advertises Walker's crisps. So... That's all he does now. So how does Steve McFadden die? <laughs> yeah. What accident for Biffles him? Yeah. Well, hang, hang on. Is it Ross Kemp that's eventually going to survive, or is it Danny Dyer? Danny Dyer's going to survive. Danny Dyer's, Dyer's, Dyer's going to survive. Okay. He's Char- Charlie Bucket. Bucket. Yeah. He's, he's, uh, he's Charlie fucking Bucket, isn't he? <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, how does Steve McFadden die? Is not a question I thought I'd ask myself ever. So he's he's the cricket one, right? So yes. he's going to use this money. He's going to use this money for the crisp factory from the crisp factory to mm. uh, to buy himself to, or to sponsor his favorite team. Yes. Yeah. Right. He's, so he's he gonna, gets. A, he's going to buy a cricket team. Yeah. So he gets. He gets a, uh, a box. He's like, well, first thing I'm gonna uh, first thing I'm gonna do is I'm gonna fire all these bloody Gary Lineker's and I'll get some uh, <laughs> Tom. Please name a, a famous cricketer. <laughs> 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 I'm glad you asked Tom, not me. <laughs> I'm like, I, I genuinely can't think of anyone. I, I knew, I knew a load. I like, I had, I had them ready to go, and then the moment you asked, boom, gone. <laughs> uh. Shane Warne is very popular. There we he's, go. He's, he's, he's Australian. The there we he's go. The I couldn't even. I couldn't even think of the bowler that has the same surname as me. <laughs> so- <laughs> <laughs> Shane Warne is like the party. The party. Uh, party Australian, isn't he? Um, yeah. He's he's the bad. He's the bad boy of cricket. Um, <laughs> the- <laughs> uh, we have yeah, spent like- way too long on this pitch. <laughs> it's true. It's true. He um, says he says walking off off the cricket pitch and, and walking into the uh, and walking yeah, into anyway, the factory. Um, I, I think I think that um, what's happening is 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 uh, Steve McFadden says, 
Oh, if I, I'd, I'd fire all these these Gary Linekers and I'd I'd bring in a load of Shane Warnes. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, they'd be the ones who are working in this factory, not not some stupid footballer. And then the, uh, the Gary Linekers overhear it and basically roll over him with footballs. <laughs> They're all in that football outfit, an outfit that's just a football with arms completely extended. Um, all the way up to the kind of skin of the football, you know. So they're just—it's essentially a football with hands and feet on it, and they just roll everywhere. Yeah. Um, and uh, and they all just sort of stampede, roll over Steve McFadden. That's what how, how he dies. Cool. Um, so that's where the film ends. Um, <laughs> I, I just wanted to say the phrase "Russ Kemp gets dry roasted." I don't yeah. know what that means. I don't yeah. know the context. <laughs> But it it has to happen at some point in the film. (laughs) He gets dry roasted. (laughs) Good enough for me. Yeah. (laughs) He's just just got sentence got stuck in my head, you know? Yeah, it's an idea that had to come out there. I can't think of any pub snacks apart from nuts, port <laughs> scratchings, and crisps. That's it. Those are the ones. <laughs> those that's are pretty those much are it, actually. That's it, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, there you go. That's uh, that was. Hello, Mister Crisp. <laughs> <laughs> Hello, Mister Crisp. Check that the one cr- out. <laughs> the crispy man. The crispy man can. <laughs> We didn't even have Dick Van Dyke doing a dance in it. He just he's just no, there. He he's just observing it, the whole thing. It went without saying that Dick Van Dyke <laughs> does a dance. The thing is, it's intended to be three movies long. Um but our golden age of cinema falls just as um just, <laughs> just as, as this out. is this comes out. Yeah. So we only involve it's kind of an an, an elita situation. Um we only involve <laughs> Dick Van Dyke peering down on the proceedings as they approach the factory for the first time. Um, and and so uh, we assume McFadden, that there's going to be... Steve McFadden and Ross Kemp die before they get... <laughs> well, they get the in. They're, they're in the reception. Yeah, the, 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 the Linekers just sort of just sort of take control for take a little while. Yeah. They've, been, they've been waiting. They've been waiting to, to do murder, apparently. Yeah. Where, where they... Where, Waiting to dry roast a man. Yeah, (laughs) we want to dry roast someone, whatever that means. (laughs) Says Gary. (laughs) (laughs) Right. Oh, Googleable question. (laughs) Isn't it? Errol Errol Flynn. Oh, it might be. Yeah. Yeah. Probably worth worth a ground. Not the novel. Here's God, what you think I... I am? A reading person. <laughs> here's here's <laughs> where here's where Matt uh, Matt googles it, and I've just said someone who doesn't exist, but it sounds like the name of <laughs> the person who played the Count of Monte Cristo. Not the two thousand and two one. What? It was a two thousand and two Count of Monte Cristo. Yeah, with Jim Caviezel. Ooh. Fucking hell. That's, exactly. Um, that's weird. <laughs> Stars. Uh, it's, it's, it's weird that Jim Caviezel's in anything. <laughs> if you if you watch uh, a movie Jim Caviezel's in, you're just like, what, what? Whose idea was it to cast this? this <laughs> whose person? idea was this man? Yeah, <laughs> whose idea was this man? Who came up with this man? <laughs> He's such a non non actor. 
as in like he's acting but again I can't remember a film he's, he was in yeah. apart from <laughs> tell, tell me one thing about his style of acting you yeah. can't there isn't exactly. any <laughs> there isn't one was Jim Caviezel in Game Night no maybe the, the most I can give you is a maybe for any <laughs> no, film no. Yeah. Are, you, are you referring to Game Night starring uh, Jason Bateman and Rachel McAdams. I couldn't tell you. I couldn't <laughs> tell you. It just seems like a, just seems like a kind of Jim Game Caviezel even starring Jim Caviezel, maybe. <laughs> no, I, I I know he was in he was in the uh, Thin Red Line, but everyone's in that. Uh, George Clooney's in it for five seconds, uh, and it's like a two and a half hour long movie. Um, with with Woody Harrelson in it for another ten minutes of the movie. Um, but he's also in Frequency, a film I, I, I frequently uh, bring up on this show sometimes. Uh, a film where his dad, played by Dennis Quaid, is a fireman who dies in a fire. And Jim Caviezel is communicating with him in the past because of the Aurora Borealis. It's a film that exists. That this is, this is, is the second a, that time you brought that up. Pitch, really. Yeah, yeah. It's, <laughs> it's it's because I feel as though I've pitched it, and every time I see it on IMDb, which is a surprising <laughs> amount, um, I'm is just it like, you keep oh yeah, looking up Jim Caviezel. <laughs> yeah, yeah, just like what the fuck is Jim Caviezel been in? Was oh, yeah. he uh, not Jesus in Passion of the Christ? Yes, that is Was the he? that is his one thing. Yeah. Wow. That's the one thing. What a choice. If you're going to be known for one thing, make it Jesus. He's like yeah, a so shit so. Nick Cage. He's like, a, <laughs> he's like an unmemorable Nick Cage. Do you find that... Uh, no. I did, I did, yeah. Um, so... <laughs> is it not Jim Caviezel? Ri- ri- <laughs> <laughs> is it Jim Caviezel? <laughs> I mean, yes, technically. So let's let's talk let's talk about the golden age of cinema, right? When 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 do we consider it to have existed? Uh, well, it's, I, it's, it's, it's tw- 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 I want to say 20s. I feel like 20s is like the thing you're supposed to say because it's like singing in the rain kind of time, isn't it? That's like what the rain is like 50 40s, 50s, right? I don't. T- time, time's not real. <laughs> time, one thing. That's a good point. Let's get one thing straight about the golden age of cinema, and that's that time isn't real. <laughs> yeah. Um, Any the golden age of cinema is whenever there's a good film on at the cinema. <laughs> <laughs> the golden age of cinema is right now. <laughs> the, the, oh no! Those, wait, those... no, no! This is the only year that that does not apply to. <laughs> yeah, because <laughs> nothing out of the cin- Tenet. Tenet's Tenet's the golden age of cinema, isn't it? No, it's the, those, the those, those two months where I saw Parasite and then Jojo Rabbit shortly after each other. That was the golden age of cinema. <laughs> yes, I would throw Little Women in there as well. That was that was a that was surely the golden age of cinema. <laughs> I suppose, like, so so the twenties is what twenties and thirties is what you consider to be the start of cinema, right? The start of actual mm. like event cinema. Yeah. Um, and then, like, by by the forties, you're looking at you know Wizard of Oz is out, and mm. uh, you know. Um, uh, Citizen Kane around yeah. then. Wonderful Life is in the forties. Yeah. Citizen Kane's pretty good. Yeah, yeah, he's a really good citizen. And, uh, <laughs> now I, I uh, would say 
I would say it is from that kind of time, 30s, 40s, to like almost up to the 70s where we get the blockbuster like Jaws, yeah. Star Wars. I feel like Wars. the blockbuster age did is is very much not golden age anymore. Yeah. It's the like, de- um, maybe that's the death of it. I don't know. Like Jaws like, killed this Jaws killed cinema is what I'm trying to say. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that's what he was after the whole time. Steven Spielberg destroyed cinema. He killed yeah. the art of filmmaking and then Christopher Nolan just came and desecrated the corpse. <laughs> <laughs> Christopher Nolan has been dancing on its corpse for uh, several several years. <laughs> like several decades. Has Christopher Nolan been uh, um, because because right then I think was sort of like the indie movement, you know, the 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 uh, I can't remember what they're called, the the Brat Pack, that kind of sort of Scorsese mm-hmm. Coppola, George Lucas, Spielberg, that kind of era where where more and more sort of independent filmmakers got to make movies that were coming up through the universities and like didn't want to be part of the studio. Well, George Lucas definitely didn't want to be part of the studio system. Sort of didn't even want to be part of the of the guild. <laughs> Just like so, I'm going to make my movie. I don't care how. Here's something interesting. So um, according to uh, certain um, like certain articles uh a lot of the downfall of like golden age cinema was due to antitrust action so um monopoly busting um Mm. so for a long time hollywood studios owned cinemas owned the cinemas yes Ah. and so and of course all the distribution in between so the antitrust action which which basically forbade uh, put like produ- production companies from owning the spaces that the, that was they were shown in meant that smaller indie not indie but like smaller kind of um, uh, and non-established um, production uh, houses could could have their stuff shown, sp- spurring the rise of the grindhouse stuff. Right. Hmm. Mm. That's that's interesting, and again, it sort of goes with my theory. Like the independent developers and stuff like that, they got their their time in in the spotlight, and that's when it started yeah. to be more, um, well, less of less of the golden age, more of just the sort of anyone can do this, anyone can make yeah. a movie, um, and only and only once it was they, they were given a chance to actually have their film in cinemas. Was yeah, it basically worth doing for them, which I feel. I I feel like we are going backwards now because <laughs> Disney's making all their movies for Disney Plus. Netflix is making all their movies for Netflix. <laughs> yes. They own That's they they so own the weird. cinemas again. <laughs> They're cutting out cinemas again. Yeah, it is yeah. the golden um, age of streaming. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Which is because, if, yeah. if you like. But I mean, again, you've got you've got your indie indie developers who are getting stuff on on Netflix and on like Shudder and and like the the lower like there's loads of independent streaming services. It's just again you have to pay for those streaming services and it's not there's not very good <laughs> quality stuff. Hey, on you there leave Shudder alone. Shudder's oh, good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I, I'm not. Actually... I think I think I, I suppose that I suppose the difference in in many ways though is that of course like. You don't have to watch Disney stuff. Um, mm. Like you can. You, you heard know, it here it, first. It's not like it's, it's not like <laughs> your. It's, 
it's not like I mean, yeah, I, I feel like this might be news to some people. You really don't have to watch Disney things. Um, you don't have to watch right, WandaVision. On. I'm just going to make notes. <laughs> try, try as uh, they might. I don't try have as they to might. Watch yeah. You don't. Disney you don't things. have to watch the whatever Star Wars dross is going to come 52. out next. Um, like I'm, I'm just. Uh, all I'm saying is I'm predicting a wave of of, of Disney Plus dross that is not going to be any good, but people will mm-hmm. watch it anyway and say it's good. Um, it, it, it's all it, sunk funds, isn't it? I've watched all nine Star Wars. I've watched all seven hundred hours of the Marvel Cinematic Universe. <laughs> I'm going to start now. <laughs> I, 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 listen, I'm already in. They've, they've got me in this I, tempest. It's all sunk funds. That's how they get it. I I watched WandaVision um, and uh, I got about four four percent of it was stuff that I needed to see to enjoy um, the uh, the Marvel Cinematic Universe. The rest of it I could have just take or leave. I've yeah. I've heard it described as Baby's first Twin Peaks. Um, it's not even it's not even got the quality of it it's it's just I think I'll just finally get around to watching Twin Peaks oh yeah no please yeah do I watched watched the first episode like uh, me and Zach downloaded it we're like yeah we'll give it a watch watch the first couple episodes see how it is we didn't realise the first episode was two hours long it's a long one yeah and at that (laughs) point it was midnight and I was like I'll start it again some other time and that was last year (laughs) No, it is like we've been we've been watching through it, and and I had just sort of like you know really now I've got a lot of like David Lynch, but I hadn't considered it to be an, a proper David Lynch thing. You know, I'd heard it was weird, but how weird can TV be, really, right? Um, I, heard, I heard it was the David Lynch thing. <laughs> I mean, it's it's so strange because it's this blend of. Uh, this blend of David Lynch, if you've you know seen his movies, mixed in with. Like it's him doing a soap. It's it is just a soap. Like, but it's engaging, and the characters are engaging, and there's something fucked up that happens in every single scene. Yeah. Like you can spot it, you can check off boxes and go like, "Yep, something <laughs> happened in every single scene." Like, why is there a deer head in the middle of the table? And then someone just explains it and says, "It fell off the wall," and it's that's that's good enough. Like, <laughs> like someone's yeah. just banging their head against a doll's house while wearing a um a kind of like a Native American chief hat um that like just for no reason in in the middle of a scene and it's just like okay this is fine people will just walk into a room and start dancing just it it's just seen as fine in this show it's not <laughs> it a plot works. point. Yeah. Um, <laughs> well, let's, but, uh, let's take it yeah. back to, uh, to Golden Age of Cinema. Yes. Uh, uh, what's your favourite Golden Age movie, Ian? Oh, here is where I expose myself as a massive fraud. Because I don't actually <laughs> think I've seen anything that qualifies as Golden Age of Cinema. <gasps> You've not seen, like, The Wizard of Oz? No, I don't think I have, actually. <laughs> oh, man. Okay. The, the, uh, the more I seen... think about it, the more I think I haven't seen it either. Like, yeah. You haven't seen Wizard of Oz. You, you the think these is, are the kind of things that you'd be shown in the film degree that I did, but alas. Yeah. No. Like, I'm pretty sure I've seen the beginning of Wizard of Oz because when people like bring up like the flying monkeys and stuff in like references to the Wizard of Oz, I was like, I remember yeah. that. <laughs> the Wizard of Oz. The, I don't remember what happens at the end of the, the Wizard of Oz. The flying like, monkeys just sort of stick out. They don't really fit the rest of the piece in Wizard yeah. of Oz, but. 
I mean, did, did what they else? go to yeah. that castle in the Wizard of Oz? The, the witch's castle in it? Or do they just go straight to the Emerald City? No, there's the, there's that whole bit where like she throws water on the witch. Yeah, and she melts. It's been done in yeah. every TV show ever. Because <sighs> I, I don't remember that. It's, it's like a it's big really cage strange. involved. I, it's been a while yeah, since I've yeah. seen it. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, um, I haven't seen Citizen Kane. You've got to have seen it. It's a Wonderful Life. Oh, well, yeah. No. I think like um, once. Once because I said I'd never seen it and it was Christmas. I, was I, like, bought, well, it, it. I bought a colour version of that for my mum for Christmas one year. And <laughs> every year she's like, oh, we should watch It's a Wonderful Life. It's a Wonderful Life. And I'm just like, yeah, yeah, yeah. And then we never watch it. Uh, how, so, how am I the person on this call who's watched the most of a kind of movie? Wait, Matt. I've got two people who went to film school, and oh, I'm go, the I, one who's seen the most you, of these. You're making my degree sound way more important than it is. I did not go to film school. It's <laughs> <laughs> a good point. Yeah, I, I, I went to I went to Sheffield Hallam, Matt. <laughs> Sheffield Hallam. Listen, I understand. None of us went to real universities, but that's <laughs> not the point. Like, Tom, you've seen Casablanca. Yes. You've seen Gone with the Wind. No. no. You haven't? Okay. No, no. Um, I, I, I've seen a lot of Hitchcock. You've seen Some Like It Hot? Some Like It Hot I've seen. Um... Yeah. You've seen a lot of Hitchcock, which is more than I have, right? I've seen Again, The Birds I... and that's it. I've I've seen a lot of a lot of golden age cinema movies, um, yeah. Uh, like the Time Machine again, like oh I've seen that one. Yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> just what's your favourite one? Oh no, now now we've devolved into what have we seen? <laughs> Which ones have we seen? <laughs> Which one? Like, Quick. What's the bare wait, minimum? Wait, wait. <laughs> Does film noir qualify as Golden Age of Cinema? Because it's in that same time yes. period, isn't it? Yeah, 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 then it's, yeah absolutely. Then it's, then it's This Gun for Hire. That is a phenomenally good film. Mm. Okay. Yeah. What's it about? Um, it is, well, it's, it's all, all noir films are kind of about the same thing, but the, the like, <laughs> the femme fatale in this one is one of, is like one of the few times where she's actually got character and she, um, the actress that plays her is this, this woman called Veronica Lake, who is like, she was the, and I'm struggling to think of a modern comparison um, because actresses. Um, she she was like the legend of her time, and she she like she she infiltrates this like gentleman's club, and she does this musical number that's also a stand-up magic routine, and it's, it's wicked. <laughs> sounds good. Sounds really good. Pushes all my buttons, really. That sounds um, great. Yeah. <laughs> great film. I forgot about film noir. That I apologize. <laughs> yeah, it's like. It is a genre within a genre, I suppose. Yeah. Although Golden Age Cinema, like, it's worth pointing out. Golden Age, yeah, it's worth point, pointing out. Golden Golden Age Cinema's not a genre. No, right? No, it is a period of movie. Um, and so normally, when we when we do these like discussions about a genre before we pitch the genre. What we do is we try to define the genre, the thing that the rules and how to break them, the rules and what did break them, um, and like where wherein lies the conceit and the tropes of of the uh, of that genre. In this case, we know the 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 time period that created them. We know the assumptions of that time, and there's so many assumptions of that time. Like for me, a big thing is that like people can get out of 
poverty by working is a massive thing in in um yeah the, the rags in, to riches story <laughs> is is a big mm. thing in that sort of era like the the the, the sort of d- define the genre of golden age it's it's films from the 40s to the 70s released by universal and mgm that's kind of the yeah. whole <laughs> genre. <laughs> that's it. That's it. It's, yeah. it's a period of time in which studios own the rights to actors. Yeah. It's where they, lit- <laughs> where you had to watch whatever they put out because there was literally nothing else. Well, the, the, local, and- the local cinema only showed those things, and you couldn't travel to another one because mm. the other one, the, the other one would also only show those things. Well, th- that's the thing. Like the pa- the stars in the Paramount logo are actors Paramount owned. And they would control the lives of. Like, oh. that's, that's the kind of era we're talking about here. Mm. <laughs> Where it's mm. just like, we'd put them in a studio, uh, shoot a movie, they'd, they'd churn out. It's, it's like an assembly line of, of films. Um, yeah. Uh, that kind and, of era. And, and in that way, it's at least it's my intent. I think it probably our, our goal as... Uh, kind of pitchers who are able now to change the past. Um, we are going to pitch movies for the time of the, the times between the the thirties and the seventies um, that are we're going to we we are going to own anything. We can we can do whatever we want. Yeah. We can we can uh, we are going to own actors <laughs> and have. We're going to have Dick Van Dyke skydiving through Buckingham yep. Palace uh, <laughs> skylights and then and then uh, do a little tap dance in front of the Queen, right? Uh, while, whole, <laughs> while someone else parachutes in behind him with a camera. Um, <laughs> a, a 400 pound camera. Um, <laughs> and they just splat on the floor. <laughs> they just splat on the floor. And just, you hear a crunch, a scream, and then you just see the camera keeps rolling because it's very sturdy. And you can just see Dick Van Dyke tap dancing in front of the Queen. And then he gets arrested and sent to jail forever. <laughs> That sounds sounds about right. So, That's, uh... so we have we have unlimited money. We own the rights to do basically whatever we want with these actors, and we have no worries about their well being. So we are the WWE, is what we're saying. Yeah, <laughs> I, yeah exactly. Pretty, yeah, I'm pretty certain this is what we've been doing for the past six years. Could be. It, the, the, there is no change to the format of the last pitch podcast <laughs> for this episode. It's it's exactly have, the same. Have you been doing Golden Age this whole time? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, from- many would say, many, many, many. I'm sure would posit that um, if Lives of Pitch were in control of the movie industry, <laughs> it would be another Golden Age of cinema. <laughs> Yeah, let's just have Danny DeVito running around topless. Danny DeVito does 80 films a year now. Yeah. <laughs> Danny He's DeVito exhausted. changes. Danny, Danny DeVito changed. Uh, Danny DeVito and Brendan Fraser changed their name to Daddy DeVito and Brendan Frazier. Just because. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, I, th- I think that's uh, that's covered the golden age of cinema. <laughs> yeah, we've totally outlined what it is and how we're going to deal with it. <laughs> Hello, just want to say thank you for listening to the Lives of Pitch deleted scenes. We hope you've enjoyed it. If you have, maybe consider sharing it with your friends on social media, by word of mouth, 
anywhere really, maybe put it onto a, a thumb drive and just throw it at someone. And maybe even reviewing it on wherever you got it. If you find it somewhere on iTunes or Acast or wherever, maybe review it there. Five stars, thumbs up, give everyone the heads up. Like I said before, thank you. Cheers. Right. Bye. Bye.